Welcome to Storage Unpacked, where it is our belief that no one was born to be in the self-storage industry, but these are the stories behind the people that make the industry. Today, we have Christy Adams, the current VP of Product Marketing at OpenTech Alliance. Christy has been in the industry for nearly 20 years and started by creating the first self-storage locator, usstoragesearch.com. She then went on to work for the third largest self-storage company in the United States, USTOREIT, which became CubeSmart, as their director of marketing. After CubeSmart, Christy moved to England, where she helped Fort Box increase their market share in the United Kingdom, and today, she runs the product marketing strategy for OpenTech Alliance, the industry leader in automation and call center services for the self-storage industry. Christy, thanks so much for being here today. Great. Thank you for having me. Christy, you grew up in Nebraska, and you attend the University of Nebraska at Omaha, where you get a marketing degree and then go into real estate. During this time, are you thinking about a career in the self-storage industry? Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> it's 2004 and you start a company called usstoragesearch.com. You are still in college at this time, correct? Yes, I was. Not a lot of people are thinking about self-storage when they are in college. How did you land upon this idea? Yes. Okay, I'll take you back. Um, well, my uncle um, had invested in a self-storage facility, about 91 units in Omaha, Nebraska, and was looking for an alternative to Yellow Pages and knew I was specializing in marketing. So his desire to find that alternative really spurred an idea to look to the internet, which at the time, internet marketing was really just not, um, not an option for self-storage owners and operators. So along with the senior broker of the real estate office that I was working at and some other agents in the office, we all kind of um, collaborated together and we created omahastorage.com. That was really our pilot uh, to what would eventually be usstoragesearch.com um, as you mentioned, the industry's first online listing directory, but it was a lot of um, calling, visiting the local self-storage owners, operators, convincing them that Yellow Pages was not their only option and a lot of education on the internet and what was Google, what was Yahoo. Um, back then, it was it was typically half-hour, hour conversations. So that's really you know where the idea came about. Okay, so you start U.S. Storage Search because you see your uncle and all of these other operators only using yellow pages to find tenants. And you, with your marketing background, say, hey, I think I can help you with this new website I'm starting. So, I mean, was the plan to just knock on doors in the Omaha area and sign these facilities up one at a time? Yeah. And again, at the time it was Omaha storage. And so we had said, okay, if we get some people bought into this concept here locally in our, you know, surrounding city, um, we would, we would look to expand it. And so that, that was obviously our first hurdle, which we surpassed. And then we're able to, to kind of start the development and thought process for how do we take this nationwide? Christy, what inspired you to start this concept? Sure. So back then, 
it was really right around the time of apartments.com. So we didn't necessarily create this concept. It was starting um, for other industries. And we noticed, you know, okay, if you're looking for an apartment, this was a great place, a one-stop shop for you to come online, find it, and be able to see your closest one. Maybe there were amenities that you were interested in that others weren't. And so again, kind of having everything listed on that same site, which again, we just take advantage of that. That's just a feature that we all have now. Back then it was flip open the yellow page and you know there was no really directional information. You had to plug that in or do a drive-by. So what we did was really take that digitally so people could quickly map and find out. Um, so in a, in a sense, that consumer benefit was that they could compare self-storage facilities in and around their area. In some case, there wasn't any. And be able to quickly see the amenities, see pictures, things that obviously on a yellow page, you, you just couldn't really... Um, portray to that customer and unless you spent the money for what they call the big double truck ad or full page ad or half page ad. And those were thousands and thousands of dollars. So um, really uh, taking that more information um, for the facility, being able to, to just give them more options. And U.S. Storage Search is still an active website today. It is. Yes. So um, I've, I haven't been with them for quite some time, but it, it is really nice to look back and see, you know, a logo that was sketched out on a bar napkin is still standing strong um, and, and definitely uh, a great option for self-storage owners and operators to have their facility be found online. You pursue U.S. storage search for a few years. And then all of a sudden, in 2008, a company out of Austin, Texas called Sparefoot starts. Today, of course, Sparefoot is used by thousands of self-storage locations across the country and is widely known throughout the industry. Christy, what were your thoughts as you started to see Sparefoot scaling and growing? Well, I can recall the very moment that Chuck Gordon came up to our trade show booth and just started asking lots of questions. And again, at the time, their model was very much a um, Airbnb type of, of model in having you know, um, folks rent out storage space in their homes, which obviously that Airbnb model is successful um, for kind of the, the hospitality sector. But, um, you know, it was, it, I, I, we are very friendly still to this day. We ran into each other um, at, at trade shows. And, and I think what they were able to accomplish was um, obviously with a lot more funding. <laughs> um, but, but I think it's, it's great to see, you know, that, Again, I think for me, it's the owner operators just giving them more vehicles to to list their facility and for customers to find them. So, Christy, you take your experience that you now have in the storage industry and you land a job with the third largest self-storage company in the country, CubeSmart. You start in 2007 during a time of growth, a time of moving to digital for the industry. What was it like to now be working for one of the largest companies in the industry after starting your own position and company? It was, it was a big change. Um, I was really, I gotta be honest, I was young, I was a little nervous. Um, and, and to keep in mind at that time, we were operating under the name You Store It. Um, and it was also pretty pivotal because we were locating our corporate office from Cleveland to the East Coast. So when I came on board, um, really first and primarily, it was 
let's build a, a marketing team. I had spent a month learning the jobs of the 11 or 12 marketing folks that were going to be losing their jobs in Cleveland and then rehire them out on the East Coast. So once we kind of got that piece in the team built, um, it was learning their current strategy, uh, how we wanted to reposition our brand moving forward. And as you mentioned, the marketing budget was really primarily yellow page dominant. So that was the first place we really started analyzing. And, and again, to think how we were so yellow page dominant then, and now really operators are so digital dependent and we're seeing those rising costs all over. Um, it makes me think, what's, what's that next marketing disruptor? Um, you know, where's that gap in the market? Uh, a way that we can better deliver um, to our customers. So yeah, it's, it, it, was, it was a lot, um, but a really, really great experience. So literally right when you get hired, the company says, we're moving to the East Coast, we're changing all these positions, and we're doing a full restructuring. Full restructuring. And I think that was true for a lot of the positions. So it was it kind of in with the, in with the new team and the new strategy, which was great for me because I got to, again, learn what was working, what wasn't, and be able to really start with a fresh new strategy. Absolutely. During this time, we're in 2007, 2008 now, things are shifting digital. Smartphones are becoming mass adoption. Everyone has a computer now. Can you talk a little bit about the transformation that you all were making at CubeSmart to shift from, hey, we've been using Yellow Pages, now everything is going to be shifting digital? Yeah, it was, well, we wanted to be smart. And as I mentioned, we analyzed that. So we, we started out um, kind of looking at unique phone numbers. So we were placing those in every single Yellow Page ad to see how many calls we were getting. So but we, we, we made our cuts very strategically, but I do know, I mean, millions of dollars were cut from our budget and we did not see any really shifts to our reservation or rental patterns. So that was, you know, kind of back to our strategy was working and shifting to the right places. And so, yeah, again, working um, with our web team to create a place where customers could come online. I remember having our first Twezervation, we called it on Twitter. We were having, you know, renting to customers on these new social channels and the marketing team, we were all just clapping and excited and, and um, to think just where things have come. Um, it was It was really great to live in that, that kind of transitionary period because um, there were so many new things and and we got to be one of the first to in, in the industry to, um, to move forward with those. It's 2008 and you're working at Ustorit, which later becomes CubeSmart. And all of a sudden the recession hits and we see big dips in commercial real estate and really any type of real estate. What was the mood like inside the company? Yeah, we had a really um, fantastic leader, our CEO, Dean Jernigan at the time. And, um, you know, it was, let's buckle down, let's cut where we can, um, let's make really, really st smart business decisions. So I would say, if anything, as a business, we just got really microsco microscopic <laughs> in where our, um, our marketing dollars were going. And, you know, just looking at my department, we were really laser focused on what was our cost per acquisition and um, how can we really stretch, stretch this money. Um, but overall, again, we had a really great leader and, and I think we, 
you know, we obviously all made it out okay. Um, but we, we definitely went through that transitionary period of, of locking things down. Certain offices had closed, um, but we were all just really, we were really one great team. So um, I, I would say that, again, with great leadership, we, we saw it through it. So during this 2008 recession, you all are looking to cut costs, create automation, really spend those marketing dollars wisely. Would you give this same advice to someone today that's dealing with maybe business struggles from COVID-19? It really is situational to every different owner operator and where they're at, whether they're freezing their CapEx or they are, you know, looking to invest in automation and other ways. Um, One operator that I recently spoke to was saying that due to the COVID crisis, they have had to cut their payroll by 50%, but because they have a self-service kiosk, they've seen no change in their rental patterns. Obviously, they're seeing more transactions at their kiosk, um, but because the manager is not able to be at the office full-time, he is seeing that you know, things are kind of status quo. He's continuing to operate as normal. So I think each owner operator needs to find, you know, what, what is it, how, how can they look at their operation and say, what makes sense for me to cut and what makes sense for me to, to invest in? And maybe that is a cloud-based access control system where they can remotely open and close gates and manage, you know, their facility remotely. Um, potentially it is if their office has to be shut down, forwarding all their calls to a call center. So it really is situational based off of each different situation that an owner operator is facing. Um, So that's kind of my advice. You spent three and a half years at CubeSmart, and then all of a sudden you decide to move to the United Kingdom and start with a company over there called Fort Box Storage. What persuaded you Uh, to move to England, and what are the big differences in the U.S. storage market versus the U.K. storage market? Uh, Well, that one was linked a little bit to an engagement. Um, My fiancé at the time was in D.C., and I was up in Pennsylvania, and we both happened to find an opportunity that worked for us in England, and it was the best opportunity. I spent six years over there and traveled and, and just had a really great time. Um, but the, the, the biggest difference that I noticed immediately when going to the, uh, from a U.S. market to the U.K. was there was a real big need for education. And I think we still feel that here in the United States that you know, not, not everybody knows about self-storage, even though they're all around us. Um, it takes, you know, when they need it, they finally are like, oh, wow, I've, I've crossed past that facility all the time and never knew it was there. So we had a lot of work to do in terms of, as, as you know, marketing is expensive when you're having to educate um, your market. So some of the things that we did was we had folks holding signs outside of tube stations. Uh, We were in pretty strategic markets. Uh, One of ours in London was in an expat community. So we had a lot of Americans there. There was an American school. And then we were also in Oxford. So we had a lot of students from Oxford University looking to use it. So again, it was, you know, that education piece um, was a lot different than the, the U.S. And to think about it, a lot of our customers didn't have cars. So we launched some really neat Um, kind of white glove removal services. We also had an app we launched where 
owner our tenants could inventory everything in their unit and then with a signed waiver we would be able to access their unit grab their skis and deliver them to their flat so it was really kind of that convenience piece instead of having to have a taxi come pick them up and drop them off or have them you know take the tube and carry the skis back so it was it was really fun to test and try out some different things um, in that market that's interesting, Christy, because we see companies today like Clutter that have raised over $200 million for this type of valet white glove service. What do you think about uh, that part of the industry and is there a future there? Yeah, I'd love to hear from them in how they got their concept. Um, it, it It's very much, I would say, market driven, as I'm sure that they're finding Um you know, the customer, keep in mind in the UK, it was a dis- storage was typically a decision. Do I have to move flats um, or can I utilize my storage unit as my second bedroom? And that was really some of the big factors why we had our, our tenants using our facilities there. So um, I would love to hear kind of more about, you know, that concept that that Clutter has, because yeah, we were, we were actively using it and seeing success with it in the UK market. During the same time period while you're at Fort Box, you also start a marketing consulting business. Was this business targeted towards self-storage operators? Yes, it was. You know, again, my passion was helping self-storage owners and operators find success and making sure that they were marketing their facilities, that they had a website, that they were being found. Um, so that picked up a handful of clients and worked with them in, you know, kind of expanding and growing on their, their marketing needs. After your experience with Fort Box, you moved back to the United States. And in 2019, you become the VP of product marketing for Open Tech Alliance. Christy, how did you get that job with Open Tech Alliance? And for those of our listeners that aren't familiar with Open Tech Alliance, what are some of the products and services you all offer? I've known Robert, uh, Robert TD and Mike Connolly for a number of years being in this industry. And so it was great to get reconnected with him when I came back. Um, and so, yes, Open Tech Alliance, a lot of people will know them as the kiosk company, uh, but there's just so much more that, um, that we have to offer call center services. We have the leading, one of the, the new reinvented self-storage access control systems called Insomniac CIA, um, also storage treasures, online auctions, and several new kind of integrations that we've been working on for our internet of everything platforms, such as um, smart gate, smart door. Uh, there's just a lot of great technology and automation services that are built specifically for the self-storage industry. And really, it's the goal of the company to help owners work smarter by increasing their productivity, their profitability, their customer satisfaction. Um, and, and yeah, we would just love to talk to anybody that has any other questions on that. How can our listeners get in contact with Open Tech Alliance? And what are some of the resources you all put out for the industry? Sure. Well, you can visit us on our website. Um, to find out more information, that's www.opentechalliance.com. I definitely want to encourage your listeners to check out our education section. 
We have a lot of helpful content on there in the form of blog articles, posts. Um, we do a lot of educational webinars. And we have created a, a white paper that is a free download and it is really um, a great asset for anyone to read that wants to get to, that is looking to know a little bit more about the self-storage customer. We, we have a lot of tenant trends and behavior insights that we've documented uh, for the industry. It's such a weird time right now for operators with COVID-19 going on. Christy, what are you all at Open Tech Alliance doing to help the storage operator right now? Great question. So kind of in our vein is helping owners and operators. And so really early on when this pandemic hit, we offered our, our online rental tool to operators for no charge for six months. And that really enables their business a contactless way to do business, giving them that online rental ability. And so we were also hearing recently how self-service kiosks are really critical to assisting several operators that were adjusting to reduced hours. So we've introduced a leasing option as well as accelerated delivery times for one of our model um, 20 series for, for those operators that are looking to really immediately take advantage of some self-service at their facilities. So we're going to continue to look at other ways that owners and operators are needing help and, and definitely be able to support them in any way we can. Christy, where's the industry going to be five years from now? It's tough to predict the future, <laughs> but um, I definitely think the need to adopt technology um, to operate businesses and, and control properties from anywhere in the world, um, kind of learning more about our customers using that, that tenant trends data that I had mentioned in our white paper. I think, you know, we can... There, we can learn so much more about our customers that we don't have now. I think back to, um, you know, when I was doing director of marketing for you store it now cube smart and you know, that tenant, that tenant information, how long they're staying on our properties, how frequently they're visiting our facilities, that type of information we just didn't have. And we have that now. So I think we're going to be a lot um, smarter and more knowledgeable with this data on on what our, how our customers are using our product, what our customers want in our product, and, and being able to listen to them. And I do think a lot of that will end with technology. And so back to kind of my point of how, you know, we've seen how other industries have changed and adopted technology, you know, fast food, healthcare. And so that self-service piece, um, I think, will be a pretty critical going forward in our industry. That's a good point, and I couldn't agree more with the whole automation, uh, where the industry is going. Christy, do you think that consumers, especially Americans, are ever going to stop buying less stuff? <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm the perfect candidate for that. Having lived in Europe for six years and living in small, flat, and just, yeah, the, the um, consumerism is just not, it's not as prevalent there. Um, and now I'm like in a suburban home and I'm buying all of the things. So no, I think storage will continue to be a need for our, our marketplace in the United States, especially. So I, I think there, I feel pretty confident that self-storage will be a demand in the future. Well, what is next for you? What's next for Christy on your storage adventure? <laughs> 
Well, I'm working on um, being an owner operator myself. So hopefully um, developing a, a, a storage facility here soon. And yeah, I think we, we shall see. I'm really enjoying um, where I'm at now in working with just a really awesome company and team. And we will kind of take it day by day. Well, Christy, thank you so much for being here and taking time out of your day to be here with us at Storage Unpacked. Thank you, guys. That was Christy Adams, VP of Product Marketing at Open Tech Alliance, the industry leader in automation and call center services for the self-storage industry. You can learn more at www.opentechalliance.com. We also want to thank our sponsor, Stowit. Whether you need storage or you have vacancies, Stowit may be able to help. Learn more at www.stowit.com. Hey, thanks for listening, and be on the lookout for more episodes of Storage Unpacked coming soon to Apple Podcasts, Overcast, and CastBox. This is Carmelo Menino with Storage Unpacked, signing off.